road leads? Then hear this, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both high and low, rich and poor together. Do you indeed speak righteousness? Do you judge uprightly, all ye sons and daughters of men? And do you judge as others judge? For as you judge, you shall be judged. And if you condemn, you are condemned. Pass on. But there is no return. And as always, the podcast is brought to you by McDonald's Family Restaurant. McDonald's, America's number one Irish restaurant. There's no potato famine here. No, our fries are ready to go. And our burgers, they have tiny onions on them, just like they do in Belfast. And slathered in catsup, just like Dublin. McDonald's, ay, me matey, a taste of Ireland. Hey, everybody, welcome to Profession Confession. I'm your host, Gabe Noah. Hey, how's it going? And with me, as always, is the Brown Bomber, though marmalade on my, by my estimation, Tevin Pittman. I'll take that. I'll take that. The Brown Bomber. There he is. Um, Joe Lewis has been dead for a while. Anyway, um, this week's episode, I'm beyond, I almost used the word stoked. Too old to do that, but I was, I love this episode. Um, Tevin agreed with me for once. Yeah. 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 Like, this is my favorite episode in recent history. That's no disrespect to anyone before me. It's just, or, you know, recently, it's just, this episode is sort of like what, this show is about or at least was originally conceived to be it's like taking a job that frankly i was not that interested in no it just sounds like you rode in planes that's i thought it'd be a lot of commuting stories or whatever but um it was amazing because you never hear of skyjackings getting broke up well guess what knuckleheads he did it (laughs) so um i mean sort of but the stories are awesome. Just the general info is awesome. He's a great guy, Pierre. We want to thank him for coming on. And and biggest thanks to our super fan, the biggest dick suck I got out there. <laughs> no, our very good friend of the show, uh, uh, Jay, from episode 9 and 11. Yep. Yep. He, was, uh, he is the counter-terror slash undercover narcotics, which is our like i don't know probably fourth or fifth most downloaded episode so um just a great group we got we got pretty drunk and J, uh he brought the uh, jameson in and and we had a hell of a good time and i i don't think we got too obnoxious i love this episode i hope you guys too please share it if you like it oh man we're so close to like getting me paid like for real get that episode out there um uh, on that note patreon is now up We've promoted it like shit, but I'm telling you, <laughs> we don't have all the stuff up, but shit, this matters. And it like, this show can be so much better. We're going to have, we want to add callers. We want to add, you know, live stream stuff. There's just so much we can do. I'd like to have time to, you know, even book better guests. Like, I'm thinking about having the uh, Kim Jong-un on. Yeah, if I had some time. Yeah, he was he was waiting for five hundred dollars from us. He's so, on my list. Patreon. Yeah, no, it would be nice. Every now and then, I've had people say like, uh, "What are you gonna give me?" Or like, they want a bribe, and mm-hmm. I'll fucking pay a bribe, especially if it's a good story. Like we had a 
There's a guy who sold, sold coke allegedly to Mike Tyson, someone recently, like a whole bunch. So anyway, you know, there's good stories we could get. We got to fly some people in. Help us out. Come on. And uh, I have children, yeah. But I swear to God, I will not give my family a penny. No, And, and we're flying people out here in spirit, not Delta. Like, so we, we just need a little bit of money to fly them spirit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a low-budget carrier. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, check out our Patreon. Got episodes up there. There's some shit. We love you. Please keep sharing the episode. Please believe in me. Believe in me. Um, this week, share your favorite episode or... Actually, no. Share the episode you hate most on my page. Go ahead. Fucking hit me with your best shot. Tell me what sucks. I'll fucking hit you back, though. And I look at all your profiles when you friend us on Facebook, by the way. I got dirt on every one of you. So enjoy the episode. I love you. Goodbye. And on this episode of Profession Confession, wine, I'm dynam. No, wait. I'm the hot dog. <laughs> I was going to say, the Wait. hot dog and bun is your standard. Yeah, I'm the hot dog, you're the bun. Come on, baby, let's have some fun. Welcome to Profession Confession, everybody. <laughs> that has nothing to do with your job. You ever say that as a air marshal? Surprisingly, more than you'd think. Yeah, I bet. I knew that would kind of be the case. Um, we are here with a federal air marshal, or former, shall we say. And, um, and then our co-host is a returning guest, a fan favorite from one of the top... Definitely top five. Was top two forever. And they caught on to his personality and started falling off. Amazing. Jay from the Undercover Cop slash Counterterrorism episodes. Episodes 9 and 11. 9 and 11. Good memory. Check him out, Jay. Hello. Thank you. Hello. Yes. Thanks for having us. And Pierre, you French bastard. Welcome. Wee wee. Wee wee. So you're, you're, we're a federal air marshal. How many years? I uh, did it for about five years. Five years. Yep. This is so, my first thought with this, so I, you know, whenever I do the show, I always try to think, like, I don't research the person, obviously, but I research the thing, and a lot of that is mental exercise, is me going, <laughs> what would it be like to do that? And after about 10 minutes of doing it, I was like, you're just riding on a fucking plane all the time. <laughs> and then I just started thinking, like, did you shoot a kid or something, and then it made you do that? <laughs> How depressing. Uh, we did we did. Well, at least I didn't shoot any kids. While you I was caught there. with uh, the chief's wife, or <laughs> no? Surprisingly, most people think it is a form of punishment. Yeah, to get on the fam right. program, uh, but no, no, you actually volunteer for it. You do, and and, and it is elite, right? I mean, sort of. Yeah, for uh, for shooting, I would argue. No, no BS aside, I would argue that the fams or the air marshals are the best pistol shots in federal and municipal law enforcement. I fucking hope so. Yeah, you, you don't <laughs> want... Like, right. you, have you ever seen that one, like, oh, that no, guy? Don't worry Sam about stuff. that guy. Right? Yeah. Um, the super trooper stuff. You don't want that guy taking hostage shots in a crowded plane. Yes, which, so, through all my thinking about it, that's all I thought of the whole time is, like, he must be an incredible shot. Like, you can fit it between two heads and a toddler is looking back over your fucking seat between his ear and his head and then hit the perp. They actually have a term for it. It's surgical shooting. Yeah. So you actually perform surgery, right, against very, very bad people, but right. very shooting. So the training standard is to hit that surgical shooting. 
level. And how do you prove that you can do that? They just take your word for it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, a surgical shooter. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically a yes or no question. Yeah, right. right. Fill out and, uh, no, a lot of rounds, a lot of tests, um, and then you can get fired if you're not a good enough shot. Really? Yeah. So it's just something that you keep up on and whatever? Yep. So is that something, have you always been a, a dead eye? No, actually, and that's uh, um, another misnomer because the firearm side of the house is something I'm really passionate about. Okay. A lot of people are like, oh, you, you're born a great shot. Yes, right? that's uh, what I think. No. Really? horrible train wreck of a shooter. I was fortunate enough at a very young age to have somebody tell me I was a horrible shot and then teach me how to improve. And then okay. from there, it was kind of one handoff after another of people who were dramatically better than me behind the gun. Yeah. Kind of bringing me up to their level and then handing me off, not knowing where I was going on the next step. And 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 I would think this is all pistol shooting, clearly. You can't bring a rifle on an airplane. <laughs> Just with a bare but, 50 cal in the yeah. front, so. But, I mean, that is, it's so much harder to shoot a, a pistol. I mean, whatever. Yeah, the learning curve is much harder because with a rifle, you have multiple points of contact yeah. with the body, which you can stabilize it a lot easier. Um, optics yeah. help a lot. But, yeah, with a pistol, it's... Uh, it takes a lot of work to train somebody up proficiently on a pistol. I shot a forty four, it hit me in the face. <laughs> Which you think I could be on the team? <laughs> I'll put a good reference. Okay, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I think they need some. I'd love to uh, do that in front of a plane full of people. Uh, <laughs> Just give me a mulligan on that guy. Right. I'd rip my fucking hands up with a whatever recoil. Anyway. Um what made you want to go into that? For, because uh, so th- this is my thought on it is I can't think of a news story that I've ever heard like oh air marshal saves a plane you know whatever mm-hmm. it's dragging some mother and her tots off the fucking plane because <laughs> they wouldn't give up her seat or whatever that recent thing what oh the Asian guy no no, no that was one. an Asian guy that definitely was not air marshal oh, right no. no they don't do that. and I mean Air marshals don't do that shit right, at all, right? right. It no, always goes to no. because the whole thing is you can't identify who you are. Yeah, why? Right. Why would you give up the chance of stopping terrorism right. for like a drunk passenger? Right. Right. So how does this? I guess I, we should get more background first because I, I have too many questions. This is going to be a good one. Uh, what? What? Yeah. So why do you want to go in, into it? And what's the process? So, um, in my mid thirties, which means by the time of this airing, I would have been at the perfect age at nine eleven. To join the military. Yes. Right. And a lot of people at my age, when 9-11 hit and you saw 2,000 people dying within seconds mm-hmm. or minutes, I should say, uh, kind of carved into your brain that we're obviously, we have to do something about mm-hmm. this. So joined the military, uh, served in the military for six years and did the Air Force. Well, in the Air Force, that's one of the few people that would actually carry a gun um, so you, you, most of the Air Force too big for the fucking Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> they make bigger planes now. Thankfully. I, guess I wasn't so. a pilot. Right. Um, oh, but, yeah, that's, I'm glad you're in the Air Force then. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> one of the ground guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want me flying. the plane. Right, right. Um, But uh, protecting air bases and protecting air, aircraft and all this other fun stuff. But when uh, deployed last deployment was 06 and 07 where we would do the air marshal mission for the Air Force, which um, they don't call it air marshals. They call it, they have a different name for it. But you'd fly around, uh, at that point, fly around Iraq, flying from airport to airport, and sometimes even like dirt roads or semi-improved landing strips, 
uh, escorting, whether it's dignitaries or special forces or whomever, letting them off, and you're the ground security force for that aircraft that might not have any protection to get off the ground. Okay. So, so coming off the plane with the dignitaries, you yeah. get the, yeah. Okay. And then also transporting what we called pucks, which are personnel under containment, uh, which is a fancy word for prisoners of war or uh, terrorists. Yeah. So you'd fly them around uh, to go to trial or get right. hung or whatever they. That's amazing. What, so uh, were you know were you ever with a prominent? Uh, I don't know if you can. I suppose you probably can't say a name, but how about this? Oh. Just a prominent. Um, Iraqi criminal, whatever. Oh, uh, terrorist? terrorist? Yeah, like they do yeah. face cards. Or like cards, where you ever with oh. a face card? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I'd can sit you... down and be like, hey, are you a famous terrorist? Can you say, <laughs> how about this? I mean, well, obviously, are, or I wouldn't be here. Right. Is he the queen of hearts? Is he, or, you know, not yeah. the, you don't have to say the so, suit, but have you ever been at the queen king? So I, I will say this. There was, uh, there was a color coding system in their jumpers that they would use jumpers. They and then, jumpers? Yep. True story. Really? So the, the, different colors would uh, show their importance, right? Wow. There's a darker color for like a bright, bright red that would be a higher level capture than like a yellow. Okay. And what sort of rank would a would a bright red be? Uh, that'd be somebody that is an ultra bad person that obviously has... A leader of a... Yeah, yeah. yeah. There'd, okay. be, there'd be some kind of In specialty commander or... Uh, maybe a prominent bomb maker that's killed yes. a ton of Americans already. Yeah. So truly bad people. Right, right. Like yellows might be... Uh, like hard to ride with them on the plane without yeah. fucking throwing an elbow in his nose? Yeah. Right. Uh, well, they didn't enjoy the ride. They what? They did not enjoy the ride. Well, uh, why? So uh, part of it, and I think this has all come out anyway, so it doesn't mm. matter, but part of it is... No, this is exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> totally exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, part of it is you don't... Uh, you wouldn't allow them just to sit in a seat, right? And some of these people have never been on a plane before ever in their life. Right. Right? Right. So think about... Interesting. God, that's like, interesting. Uh, handcuffing, hobbling, all this other fun stuff, making sure that somebody can't run away, mm -hmm. right? So they're in their jumpsuit, but then they, you do sensory exclusion. So they might have um, earmuffs on and a blinder on so that you can't see. They don't know where they're going. They can't feel anything. All they can do is probably smell jet fuel or whatever burning so they know they're near an airport. Right. And then you put them on a plane, and then you have to chain them physically to the plane to make sure that we can't allow them to hijack the plane. Right. Right? That would be in bad form for Yeah, it'd aircraft. be embarrassing for the, uh, yeah. For the yeah, military. Yeah, especially after 9-11 in the middle. Yeah. Of, you're like, yeah, we captured these How people. How are we supposed <laughs> to know? <laughs> we had no <laughs> indicators that this nope. was going to happen. So the terrorists hijacked a plane after you captured them. <laughs> Yes. You're no, fired. that would be horrible. Yeah, you're all fired. Right. Um, but in all honesty, you'd you'd secure them into the aircraft, and then some of these people had never been on a plane before, so there's a plastic tarp down in case they. Uh, PCP. Yeah, they Poop. release. They release. Did that happen? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Think if you've never been on a plane before in the I, strongest. I was, I was five. I, I fucking <laughs> did not shit the whole time. Just all over the place. Well, I, I think your experience might have been slightly different than having the strongest, most powerful military grab you at two in the morning, like out of your bed because they fi figured out you're a terrorist and then stuffed you in the back of a vehicle, brought you to a black site, and then 
Look, dude, you can convince yourself all you want, but uh, I flew on Northwest <laughs> Airlines. That was pretty fucking powerful. Sorry, have you ever flown you know. spirits? Like, yeah, exactly. Piss their pants. <laughs> I did a red eye to Vegas <laughs> once. That's fucking right. terrifying. I still remember. Never forget. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so that was pretty interesting. That that whole side of it, but it gave a really unique skill set that most people don't have the exposure of learning how to become an air marshal. Yeah. Outside of becoming an air marshal outside so, of a very small group of people in right. the air force when you're uh, so when you were in that air force unit and if you're traveling with a bright red uh, coated guy how many people were on the plane with you and that guy what is this an interview with snowden right now or yeah no i don't know what am i saying <laughs> right like are you getting on like a delta I mean, flight is it, 375 is it like 30 yeah is it like 40 guy I, like really what i'm wondering is is it do you ever have FaceTime with one of these guys kind of where you're sitting next to me and you can just whisper like, we're going to fucking kill you. <laughs> no. We're going to fucking kill you. Despite what some people on certain news outlets might have you believe, the the military, minus a couple of bad apples, is actually pretty professional on that side of the house. Like, your job is to be. sit. <laughs> that's, <laughs> no. that's why you're, you're not you're a part of sitting there whispering. No, but uh, fly out of this plane. Yeah. Be like... Okay, we're just waiting to get up into suborbital flight. And we're gonna drop you. You know, be alive for five minutes until you fucking splat on the ground. <laughs> Better hope he gets sucked into the engine. <laughs> See, I've already got a speech plan. You sure you're not an air marshal? <laughs> I'm applying. Now that I got a reference, got a if only you re- could shoot. <laughs> exactly. Okay, go on with a bag of rocks. <laughs> Anyway, wow. I'm sorry. No. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, I get your professional, eh, yeah. whatever. But I mean, I mean, did you want? You never to? saw someone, or you never saw someone get a little. I suppose you're in the upper echelons. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but even I guess because like when you say you go to a black site, my interpretation of what an air marshal was was like. Samuel Jackson, snakes on a plane. That's we're taking how over long the, would it take to say We're that? taking over the front half of the plane. I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Like that's I thought. Like it's, you guys are on like a military flight, so it's just you and military personnel. Wait, There's dur- no during the Air took, Force. That was like, so. Uh, let's separate. There was oh, the Air Force yeah. time. We're gonna cut this out. Yeah. We're gonna you think this they took? Yeah, ahead of time. Fucking shake the whatever it is on a commercial flight. No, I can't remember his name. We're like, just put him in business. There's a guy with a plastic tarp in his I was thinking his pants. You threatened to throw him out the window. That looks a lot like Bin Laden. What does that ticket cost on British Airways? I rode on a flight with Mitch Hedberg once, and that really tripped me out. To see that Sheikh Omar or whatever, and be like, is that, wow. Is that him? How about this? Have you ever escorted someone who you knew from TV before you saw him on the plane? In the uh, in the military? Yes. No, no. Okay. no. These guys would all be battlefield level. Okay. Um, like KSM, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed obviously wasn't picked up. And right. if he was... His hair was messy. His hair was very messy. It was filthy. <laughs> yeah. No combs. Um, yeah. But if he was picked up, they would make special trips for that level of, like, let's call it executive level terrorism. Sure. Um, those would not be put together. That's such a tense movement. Yeah, because the chance of somebody trying to attack that movement is so great that you you wouldn't you wouldn't right. move those with a ton of people. Ah, uh, did you ever have anyone arrogantly talking shit to you? Or well, like no. like were they no? No, all they were all scared out of their freaking minds. Even the darker 
color jumpsuits. Really? Yeah. No, it just goes to show you, all terrorists are fucking pussies compared to me. <laughs> no, just, I think that's a saying. <laughs> a thing that people say. I think that's a major takeaway here. Yeah, well, that probably and it plays into kind of like the Twitter type of generation or Facebook tough guys where it's like yes these guys are obviously worse and beheading people but it's like whenever you're face to face with the people you've been talking shit to now all of a sudden yeah we're and, oh. and they brought a jet just to say yeah. hi to you yeah with tens of thousands of soldiers and they grabbed you in the middle of the night and you're a little like door of the explorer onesie yeah we had a uh, uh we did an episode 15 with a whatever a special ops guy who like blue doors and all that stuff and he's just like the shock and awe of fucking coming out. He's like, we have every advantage in the book. And he's like, and it'd be terrifying. And it's, it's. I mean, I can't imagine. I had a, a 15-year-old black kid run through my yard once, and my wife woke me up by screaming at him. And, and I almost shit my pants. I mean, it was... I, I have a hammer next to my bed. I have, like, plans and all this shit for, like, killing people. Did you ever watch Team America? No. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I yeah. did. I absolutely did. If Matt Damon. You may need this, right? Mm-hmm. And he slides a hammer across to kill himself with. Is that... <laughs> oh, I have plans to kill people. Like, I really have uh, strategies in my house. I have ligature hidden around. I'm like the BDS... Or what's his name? The killer Home from Alone. Kansas? No. Yeah, Home Alone. <laughs> I was thinking of... Uh, two different kinds of strings. Yes, I was thinking of Bind, Torture, Kill, Murder. That's who I'm, I'm oh, like okay. him saying, in my own house. I thought you were about to say BDSM. Was, that's a different Dennis Rader. A different show. Yeah. Dennis Rader. I'm a lot like Dennis Rader. But no, really, I've had fucking strategies and all kinds of shit. And I thought, if anyone ever comes in this house, I feel fucking sorry for him. And then the first time there's anything even close to it, I... My, like, my wife had tried to wake me up, but couldn't wake up. And then I wake up, I hear screaming at him, Get out of here! Get away from my house! And it's just like, I got up and I had happy feet and it was terrifying. Was he trying to break into your house? or is your wife- No, he just don't like black people in our yard. <laughs> no. That's why she always yells at no, you. It's a, no, it's just a uh, scare. I don't, I don't care, you race creative colors. Stay out of my yard at 4 a.m. It's terrible. No, it's... We have this narrow between our houses. I live mm-hmm. in an ethnic ghetto, as you know, mm-hmm. and uh, houses are close together, and it's close to our house. Yeah, I don't know. It's creepy. Uh, I'm not explaining this well, but he was like <laughs> a foot away from our screen window, looking in our window. Oh, okay. No, so he was at least like not just passing. I keep wanting to say that's racist a, that's things, a but it's just burglary not, yeah. suspect at right. that point. Yeah. Well, for sure. It was, I'd pick up the hammer for that. Yeah. For sure. Honestly. Yeah. That, was, that's a hammer worthy. That's a hammer worthy. Right. Well, I went for, for the sure. boomerang, but I forgot I had moved it. I don't have the right. skill for boomerang. I'm Me sorry. neither, but it's good to have. It's intimidating. Anyway, if you get back to your story, that's real. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what do you carry on the... Uh, no, so okay. Military podcast. So you, you got done with that. Carry yep. on. Did did that, uh, which please, allowed, please move this show along, <laughs> which allowed me to springboard into uh, into the air marshal program, um, and then rocked and rolled in the air marshal program from about 2009 uh, for about five years. How much does an air marshal get paid? Uh, top pay is about a hundred. Really? Yep. All right. Yep. Now the upside What's is what's the start pay? Uh, Mid sixties. Okay. Yeah, that's all public knowledge because. It's yeah. your government employee. You have 
people have we to know quit, what you make. We quit uh, taking my exclusives away. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Nobody, <laughs> no one knows that. this <laughs> secret. But <laughs> yeah, what um, did you feel that was good? Like good enough pay for what you were doing? I woke up and quit one day. Yeah. Okay. Answers that question. Sounds, yeah. I mean, honestly, sounds like a shitty job. Uh, I know well, it's an important job, super important job. So it's it's this weird, hot and cold mix of there's times where you're doing really good work, like follow, really? yeah, following okay. like known horrible people that you have the information on that are transiting the aviation sector, right? They're right. horrifically bad people, and Jake can attest to some of these people. They're very bad people, and to be a small cog in that machine yeah trying to keep tracks keep on an them. eye on them. yeah find out who they talked to who picked them up from the airport all this other fun yeah stuff. like that was righteously good work then there's the other part of you go to 50 plus countries a year and you wake up and you have no idea where you are in the country right in the world pardon me how how bad of a guy can like exist on a country where they're traveling openly and whatever you guys are following oh. like i mean oh even the worst like let's take the no flies the truly like you know who they are. You know that they're evil people and they'd kill every American they could. Yeah. There are times when, uh, for the purpose of national security, you'll right. have to move them or allow them to move so they can apply for a waiver or you can waive them to move from point A to point B, wherever that is. Um, but these are truly, I mean, the most despicable human beings on the planet. Okay. And they will be on the plane. Or they so, could be, I should say. So I guess how many of these are moving... Um, where you're doing reconnaissance on a private citizen, you know they're not a U.S. Citizen, they're a foreign national, whatever. But where you're doing recon, or how many are you're sort of escorting a high-level criminal? No matter what, they won't know that you're there. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so you're no never what, escorting someone? No, even if you are, they don't know that you're the ones escorting them. So the es or the following them, escorting, however you want to describe it. Well, they don't know that you're there. Okay, to me, escorting means this guy's already in our prison system, and you're moving him. No, that would be done by another agency. Okay. Yep. So you're truly sort of following people for the for national security. Yep. <clears throat> Whether they're uh, the top echelon of the absolute worst of the worst, and they've been given a temporary waiver, or you're why would they be given a temporary waiver? Because. Uh, there's more benefit to finding out where they go and who they talk to. So the waiver is not something they're aware of. Uh, it depends. Oh, really? So, so I mean, are we talking like a high-level Al Qaeda operated, you know, operative, whatever? You guys, you get word, whatever. Somehow he's coming on a fake name and passport into our country to go to New York. Yeah, if he's, you, if he's coming into a, uh, let's take that theoretical yeah. situation. So if they're coming in on a fake name and fake passport, um, one, if we know it's fake, then we'll probably shut it down because we don't know enough of where that passport came from. But okay. um, if they're coming into the U.S. and we know who they are or they're transiting a U.S. flag carrier, there's a good chance that we already know who they are. Right? Okay. If they're that bad. Because yeah. let's face it, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, you're not going to pass as like, John Doe from right. Bentonville. Right. right. So uh, that level of executive, we'll call executive level terrorists. Yeah. They're, when they transit the aviation sector, everybody's going to know who they are. Really? Yeah, if they're even allowed to do it. 
What is their point? You know, like, I mean, what's an example of what the fuck they're doing? I'm, I'm having such a hard time wrapping my head around, like, why they would be traveling in the U.S. I mean, besides, obviously, planning horrible shit. And I get that you'd want to follow them and figure out what they're up to. But let's let's take a instead of a theoretical, let's yeah. take somebody who's already been killed yeah. as a right. Um, Anwar Al-Awlaki, who's American, right? His mother still lives in Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Anwar Al-Awlaki was the the cleric of uh, al-Shabaab al-Jihad, the the Somalian branch of al-Qaeda, which now pledge allegiance to the Islamic State or has some nexus there. Well, Anwar al-Awlaki, he lived in the U.S. His mother still, to my knowledge, up until a couple of years ago, still lives in the U.S. We killed him in Yemen, I believe, with a missile strike quite a few years back. Um, Righteously bad guy. Deserved every... What level bet? Like, what's this kind of shit? Like, level of cleat, Sheikh Mohammed. Yeah, one of the top. Beheader kind of thing, or what? No, no, even worse. He's the motivator to get more people to behead. Because if you cut somebody's head off, you're a bad human being. Yeah. If you motivate 100 people to cut 100 heads off, you're a righteously horrible human being. Yeah. Right? So he would be up in that level of, like, the, the guidance or the executive level right. of overseeing this. So, so that I'm, guy. I'm sorry to in, no. to interrupt, but this strikes me as a thing. So you guys uh, both work in plenty of counterterrorism stuff. Who's the worst guy that you've like that you can think of? Like who's done the worst shit? Who do you, uh, is there anyone who stands above? You know, for me, I I think I grew up in the 9/11 era, um, long before you know federal work. Um, so it's really hard to look past that, I think, because yeah. if you can step back and look at contextually how they plan that and just how we look at everything in election cycles, four years, eight years, what changes next year after the election, they look at everything in generational cycles, 20, yeah. 30 years. My children, my grandchildren would do this. It was brilliant planning and brilliant execution. Um, I'm glad he mentioned um, Alaki because even though he's dead, we still, on the investigation side, on the intelligence side, you still see people using his videos really? to, the, the quote is self-radicalized, to look at that, look for spiritual meaning, look for guidance on why violence is okay or why traveling for jihad is okay. The guy could be dead 20 more years and still motivate hundreds of right. hundreds of our, our own citizens. Yeah. He's, he's an immensely powerful, articulate, well-spoken, well-educated individual. He's probably more dangerous right now dead than, um, not necessarily dead alive, because he would have been a, yeah. more of an influence still, but his presence is still there. Where a Bin Laden or KSM, some of these folks are more, you know, some of the younger folks might not have a connection to that. But some of these more internet savvy, more right present internet personalities, almost yeah. kind of like cult of personalities, I think immensely more motivating. Just in my and, opinion, is and his English was flawless. Oh yeah, he he could connect to Western civilization because he understood right. Western culture uh, so much so that immediately after, and this is something if you really want to do your homework, Google Anwar al uh TV interviews after nine eleven. Everybody brought him on as the moderate. Really? Yeah. Wow. A little bit of egg in their face because he was on as the talking head of the moderate and trying to bridge the gap and all this. Meanwhile, he was running one of the most radicalized radicalization centers, I should say, mosque 
and speaking out both literally both sides of his mouth. Right. So wow. Right after 9/11, everybody was looking for okay, who did this? Why would they do it? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. God, well, that's fucking. So you're talking about he like went on like CNN, he, Fox News, literally like all CNN. those, and they're having him as yep. like the expert. And yep. Like the good well, he guy. was an expert. He was he he, yeah. he absolutely knew what he was talking about. Uh, the danger is his west his knowledge of Western civilization. He could connect to like pop culture and all these other references which would link or bridge the gap from uh people susceptible to radicalization in the u.s and then give that justification for why they were going to do what they're going to do which is some of the people that i'd also follow and some of the people that jay has the pleasure of working against and and so kind of in that where he went on tv and talked about it so now do you guys i guess both of you because you kind of in the same vein, is that something where you guys look at people that do go on as quote unquote experts because the news isn't necessarily going to vet everybody? So, like, how many times are you looking into maybe somebody that's just an average citizen that's an expert on terrorism just to make sure they're not crossed over? Anyone to the who's wrong taking side? their side at all, you must have to just. Or not even just taking their side, but just like saying, oh, I know so much about this, it, and yeah. saying, like, well, why do you know so much about this? Well, I think let's go across the pond. Who is the cleric in the UK that just got arrested? Oh, and there's yeah, like I don't remember 30 name, or 40 violent jihad attacks directly associated with his yeah. network and he'd be interviewed all the t- all the time. I mean, the guy's he's like Anwar al-Awlaki. He's he's clearly radical and is very upfront with his yep. opinion. I mean, right. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't remember his name, but I know you're talking about. Yeah. Him. He would encourage somebody to cut your kids' heads off in yeah. front of you and smile yeah. about it. Like, right. Horrible person walking free in the streets of London. For a longest time. Yeah, he now, just went to finally, jail a year or two ago. Finally. For a, for but it was term, after yeah. 10 years of running radicalization centers, uh, the mosque in London, and preaching and then building a following. But it, Is that slowing down at all? Like the, I don't know, just the their appetite to come after us? or Well, here's the thing. It would be like trying to stop fitness. Right. Can you stop an idea from happening or a belief I system? Myself, but that's, well, that's, I, we we <laughs> all know that you stopped me. fitness. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Really, everyone? <laughs> you too? <laughs> yeah. we, we all shut down fitness. <sighs> um, but the the idea, and that's where Jay was talking about the whole radicalization. Like, what Anwar Alaki is just as dangerous now, dead. As he was alive, because I'm the same way. (laughs) (laughs) If you kill me, you'll only make me stronger. My Uh, listeners will. (laughs) (laughs) Your work will live forever. Mm -hmm. My podcast. Yes. Yeah. But it's the same concept. He's perpetuating an idea that doesn't die. And and what's the kind of like? Okay, what is it? What is an example of work that you've done that you went like? fucking made a difference today you didn't just ride a plane and you know eat some uh right like get head from crackers. a stewardess or something <laughs> we did get asked God bless that. america yeah. did you get asked that? yeah someone asked me to do the mile high club with a stewardess. Yeah. one have you seen u.s st- like flag carrier stewardess There's usually they, one. They, they were one all every few flights i'm sorry i believe that's flight attendant flight attendant Thank sorry you. yeah yeah i've like um, person they're here for your safety I'll, all i'll say about that and I, I'll get some enemies on this. Uh, if you go to a restaurant, is your waitress there to serve you or there to show you the exits in case of a fire? To, uh, I don't know. I, I get my the, dick sucked in the bathroom a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I'm joking. 
I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know. Serve you food. I'm sorry. puzzled by that. Yeah, she's uh, she's there to serve me food. Yeah. So, but you put it at thirty thousand feet, and magically they're safety expert. Yes. No. Okay. I thought I, I assume mean? they train them for that. No. Yeah. Here, right. Here. No, they they do, but um, the flight attendants in the U.S. the, the golden era of flying in the U.S. is long yeah. gone. We I think everybody here mm-hmm. and listening can agree. It's gone. So some of the battle axes that we'd call them, and yeah. the, the term is battle axe because they just don't die. Yeah. Um, I think it's something in the food. Yeah. But they were probably very attractive in like the 60s. Yes. When they first started. So it's a looks thing for you. That's why. <laughs> so, so shallow. Shallow bastard. Did you, so when you fly as an air marshal, I assume you have a gun on you? Yeah, it would be really hard to stop a hijacking without one. Okay, so, you know, where is it? Where do you hide it? I mean, is it in your, you know, just the old fucking Kurt Russell and Big oh, Trouble in Little like China, that. like the, like that, or like what? I mean, vice special. I mean, uh, or do you have the little pink gun in your pocket, like yeah, the little uh, twenty-two one shot? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no. So each air marshal is uh, allowed and encouraged to carry however they seem see yeah. fit. Because you have to train with it and you have to be comfortable. But then you also have to conceal that in whatever gear you have. So for me, um, I personally carried at a, what we call one o'clock position, which is center line. If mm-hmm. this is uh, looking straight ahead, that's 12 o'clock. One o'clock would just be off and then inside the waistband. Really? You'd yep. sit on an airplane with a gun in your waistband? That yep. sounds awful. That, oh, yeah, that it does horrible. Sound good. Really? Like permanent bruises on my right leg. For years, I'm fucking blown away by that. That you wouldn't move it to yeah, a comfortable. Put it like, yeah, under my arm. Just make it look like you have a big dick. Out. <laughs> yeah, they double cross. I saw a video so, game. Boondock like Saints or something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like good shooters. I just bring a little sawed-off <laughs> shotgun. <laughs> Not safe in a plane. flight, maybe, but yeah. And contrary to popular belief we talked about this a little bit you don't have the rubber bullets in the gun correct no no here's Why the thing have that? i, didn't even I always heard that it's like you don't oh. want to puncture the cabin and yeah, depressurize so or, people who don't appreciate physics or how like stuff works will start coming like key, i call them keyboard commandos mm-hmm. right they'll click 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 away telling you everything that happens no it doesn't matter you could literally shoot the side of the aircraft and all the pilot will get is a pressurization warning and then they'll make an adjustment from there. It doesn't rip the plane apart. It doesn't do Yeah, anything. tell that to that fucking lady who got sucked out the plane. <laughs> <laughs> the window. Too lady. soon. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe. Oh. But yeah, but we can't tell her because she's dead. Rest in peace. She was a physics major too. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's, that, that's true. It's the greatest joke in the world. <laughs> it is for this podcast. It is. For, uh, that's great. Uh, wow. No, no rubber bullets. You use... Um, uh, the most Rubber powerful, <laughs> the most powerful hollow points you could possibly put in a gun. Yeah, nine millimeter. Uh, I think it's public knowledge. It's three. Actually, this is super secret. Yes. Thank you. Exclusive. Exclusive. You're getting it finally. Yeah, I'm working on it. Uh, three fifty seven Sig. Okay. Which has the same Six energy seven. as a three fifty seven Magnum, but in a semi auto frame. Okay. Very powerful round. What? Uh, so. Back to the question mm-hmm. that I probably interrupted myself. Mm-hmm. What was a good day? Like, what was a day that you made a difference? Or what's an example of? Uh, I mean, there's quite a few of those 
following really bad people uh-huh. where regardless of the outcome of it, you knew that that moment, that that really bad person was watched. And I think that's that makes especially you feel good after nine 11. Yes. I honestly do. Yeah. Oh, it was I- like, cause if anybody, it wasn't even about the people on the plane or me. Cause honestly I could die on a plane and eh, whatever. But if a building gets hit, no, in all honesty, if a building gets hit, what? No, think about it. We were talking about the Super Bowl. Yeah. Before. Yeah, this is mm-hmm. a great example. So if a plane flies over the Super Bowl and everybody on that plane dies to include me while I was working, right? But it doesn't hit that Super Bowl. Yeah. I would take that as a win. That sounds horrible. Yeah. But the the other option is if they hijack that plane and ram it into the Super Bowl. You're not talking about a couple hundred people. You're talking just about- save the day. Well, yeah, that's why you have to shoot. <laughs> yeah, defuse, yeah, yeah, exactly. defuse the bomb just and steer the kill plane the dude to safety. And take the plane. Yeah, <laughs> there's other ways to win, dude. <laughs> I suck. That's, Russell that's do that. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's um, the worst win you can get. That's yeah. the worst win you no, can get. No, absolutely. Um, and but, I do. I think that's super honorable. That you. I'm. I'm always suspect whenever someone says, oh, "If I die, I die," because <laughs> I always go like, "But you, you, but you'd be screaming and begging before you." Well, die. I don't know. If you fly enough. Sometimes it's not that bad. I bet. Like, how long is this flight? What's the scariest flight you're ever on? Scariest, like you know, yeah, with without without regard to a terrorist. Yeah, they had some turbulence. Oh, without terror. Oh, see, I always laughed. I'm no no BS. Like we'd fly five six days a week, and you're flying. uh, Actually, I've got a family member that's a commercial pilot. Okay, and we'd compare flight hours. And the FAA stops them from flying over a thousand, right? In one, in that's thousand flying hours in a year. I would hit like thirteen, fourteen hundred hours in a year, which is you must m- just hated airplane, like hated. It's loathe. It's a lot of frequent loathe. flyer miles. Yeah, we don't get those no? either. Um, it's horrible, <laughs> absolutely horrible. Benefits. So when when everything started falling apart around, you're, you you kind of smile because at least it's different. So we're over yeah. the Atlantic, and we are bouncing. I mean, people are play, praying in every language I've ever heard on Earth. Bins are popping open. Luggage is flying everywhere. And, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that doesn't work for me. And I'm sitting there literally eating whatever I had and just kind of giggling. Like a weird, weird, awkward giggle watching this entire thing f- play out in front of me. Because the probability is one of two things is going to happen. First, most likely, is nothing will happen. We'll yeah. get through it. The other one is the plane will rip apart and we'll all plunge into the Atlantic and die a yeah. horrible death, either in free fall or we'll freeze to death in the Atlant- northern Atlantic. The free fall death is the worst. I heard a fucking Hawaii Airlines thing where it ripped open, you know, that Oh, one? yeah, but it, they still li- landed after that. They landed, but a bunch of them died, like 15 or 16. No, there what? was one. There yeah, was a the different one in the eighties. Seven thirty yeah, seven ripped off the top. Yes, it was. It was a Hawaiian Air. The thing had so many hours. It was one flight attendant who was ripped out of it. Then this is a different one. Okay, because it was, and I Your believe it was going to Hawaii. But no, it was truly like a row or a few rows got ripped out that went, and because they had the parents on this Discovery Channel oh. thing saying. That, it, you know, like our greatest hope is that he got sucked into the engine and that it was an instant oh my death. Because otherwise it was a four minute, like free fall. That's where I got that. <laughs> well, have you ever, ever gotten skydiving? It's actually kind of peaceful. No. I highly doubt really? it without on a shooter. Purpose. And, yeah. Oh, on I guess purpose. This, I always thought that if you like, not, not everybody, but if you, when you're falling, like oftentimes you'll have a heart attack 
because you're so scared on the way down. Is that a thing? I would hope my brain Could would be. just shut me down. Or maybe my teacher, <laughs> otherwise maybe my teacher in fourth grade, because 9-11 happened when I was in fourth grade, and our teacher was, as we're watching people jump out of the buildings, she was like, he was like, oh, they have a heart attack halfway you were in down. fourth grade when that happened? Yeah. I've, like, God, you're Jesus young. Jesus Christ, I'm old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's like, our te- teacher said, like, as we're watching them jump, like, oh, no, like, you guys they were die watching before they them jump as a. Well, I mean, it's just like class? you're watching it on the news, right. and they're like everybody's like in shock of what's going on, yeah. and like some kids is like people are jumping, and they're like, oh, they die before they hit the ground because they have a heart attack. Oh God, she was making you feel better. That's yeah. horrible. Yeah, that's God, bl- fucking God bless her. her. It was yeah. fourth grade. God nope. bless her for Absolutely. trying to Absolutely. do something. But yeah, no. Ugh. She no. could have also turned off the TV. <laughs> no, it's not. Back to the math problems. <laughs> yeah, let's not lose. Don't worry about. Don't worry about that. Two plus yeah. two equals. Yeah, two thousand three. Uh, <laughs> I barely passed math either. Yeah. So. What? So okay, that's the scariest flight non-terrorist. How about terrorist? Uh, there were some bad people. We were going from we'll just call it point A to point B. Okay. Right. Was it within the continental United States? Yeah. Okay. Uh, point A, point B, and the flight wasn't supposed to be anything. It was supposed to be a filler flight where we were going from point A to point B to get in to position get okay. for something else. Well. I see, like, flying enough, you know the timing of in-service. So flight attendants are at this point, at this many minutes yeah. into flight, and you know this. Like, you don't even have to count it. You just know when something's off. Well, something was off. I didn't see anybody around. And then I hear heavy footsteps and then a flight attendant running by. Great clue that something wow. isn't going right. Oh, wow. <clears throat> so... Yeah, we'll take a drink of the Jameson Black Barrel. Sponsor, whether they like it or not. (laughs) Ah, that's pretty good. It's honestly really good. So, uh, I pull one of the flight attendants aside, and they say, uh, yeah, there's people back there, and they've been switching seats. Long story short, one of they said in Arabic, "Don't do it now." The flight attendants are watching because a girl from Abu Dhabi with her kids overheard them and told the flight attendants. Oh my fucking god! I would have shit my pants. <laughs> I, thought, I hope this is a fucking <clears throat> head real. thing later, like where someone's trying to get head. No, oh god. Okay. So uh, we do what we do, and because it's still classified on how we do it. We took over the aircraft, right? We secured the aircraft, and we were, we made the decision in that split second when we found out this that nobody was going to move, nobody's going to do anything, and we were going to get the plane on the ground as fast as humanly possible. Uh, so backstory on uh, these individuals. When we were traveling from point A to point B, they got on the plane separately. They bounced seats multiple times. They didn't act like they didn't know each other, and then they would go in the lavatory one behind the other. So yeah. one would, a, guy one would go in, come out, guy two would go in. That's how you pass drugs. Come yeah. out. Guy guy My one experience. would go back in. Okay. Guy two would go back in, and they played this, and then they sat right next to that lavatory. Uh, so our perception was, or our concern was, they were building a bomb in the lavatory. Yeah. Because they both had components, and they were working on it, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, uh, we take over... the the aircraft and i've never seen a plane land so fast in my life like you think 
oh, you get to altitude, right? And then yeah. you have to play that descent game. Like, prepare the cabin for descent. Yeah, yeah. Planes can get on the ground super quick if they're motivated So, enough. like, I mean, you, you can go into a dive. That's, like, hard for yeah. people to fucking move around pretty much. Yeah, and so I remember we're at this point, and we're in our positions in the cabin doing what we do, and this old crotchety battle axe of a flight attendant is sitting there. And these guys uh, are from the Middle East, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, we find this out afterwards because doesn't matter. But right. one of these crotchety flight attendants is sitting, and I'm standing up in the plane. And she looks up. She's like, do you know we're landing soon? <laughs> <laughs> Still trying to do her job. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I'm very familiar with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just talked to the captain and told him to land. So so you guys don't and, – and so so you keep saying we. So when when air marshals are on, there's typically more than one? Or, I mean, is there, it – You would never travel by yourself. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm actually – I don't know is, why I'm shocked by that. Yeah, I always yeah. would have thought that it was one. And maybe, like, two at the most. Is it, like, a group? Or is it – can you say that on – there's, I'll say, uh, you never travel by yourself. What's the highest number? And there's been in the teens. Shut the wow. fuck up. Really? That I've been on. What kind of shit show has to That's have that right. many people now, on now, a plane? Here, think about the logic behind. What would take, you, we talked about the pay, yeah. right? Yeah. What would take you to pay teens, in the yeah. teens, number of people who spent their entire training just learning how to shoot on a plane, put them all on one plane, not on multiples. That's crazy. But yeah, I'd say it, it has like to be somebody a, made at least three or four. That's like Bin Laden's uh, brother or something came to town or something. <laughs> like a family or, wedding was taking yeah. place. Jesus, what? Have you been know. on a plane with that many? Well, he says yes. He's not in his head. Yes. Is, yeah, is, is there? Uh, is did anything crazy go down? Or was no? There, there was. Was there an there arrest? Was, there was a lot of us on it. So. Was there an arrest at the end? Okay, but just sometimes sometimes your job isn't well. Most and actually, let's talk about that because yeah. politicians would be like they've only made this many arrests. You, yeah, it technically you're federal law enforcement, but your job isn't to get like crime stat numbers. Like yeah. oh, we got five burglaries this month. Yeah, no, your job is a counterterrorism mission. In the bathroom, <laughs> right? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah, um, your job is a counterterrorism mission, which very rarely results in arrests until everything's in place to hammer them. Yeah. Then you're there as a safeguard to put a bullet in the head of very bad people if they choose to try to blow up or harm somebody on the plane or hijack. Yeah. So what happened with those guys? So, okay, you know, my, I would think that your job would be to, like, do the Harrison Ford thing where you just, like, you know, pull your gun and start walking down the aisle at them and, like, you know, fucking do the Harrison Ford thing. What if you didn't want them to know you're there? Then I would have but, someone else other than Harrison Ford. Yeah, but in, and I guess like <laughs> at that much point, too well known. Where you think they're making a bomb in the bathroom? Oh, this totally. Oh, sorry. Flight. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. So you're saying the 18 one? I guess I don't know. I I, I didn't was say going 18. Back to you the, just did. Uh, or well, yeah, sorry. Whatever. I was going back to sorry. the <laughs> to the bomb making one. Is what yeah. I was thinking. Oh. And just because, I would think all of your efforts would be to like we have to go like like neutralize that threat immediately because we don't know it's there. And it sounds like you went to the cabin and said, we need to land this plane. Well, so there, because there's we, and yep. we'll just leave it at that, yep. we, had different, we had different roles. Right. So uh, distribution of work, right? Yes. Some people did 
something and some people did another thing to ensure that at the end of the day, if we needed to put a bullet in somebody's head, we would have just immediately done it. Period. We made the determination. We don't know if we need to put a bullet in somebody's head, but we'd rather figure this out on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, do they get arrested? Is this, uh, they left the country immediately thereafter. Was there a bomb? No. Really? Okay. Do you, what do you, you know they what they were doing? Yeah. Uh, that, the why question in life is always the hardest, right? Yeah. Why would somebody do what they're doing? Our, our guess, right? And we'll, we'll yeah. play, play mm-hmm. nice, is that it was either a dry run. Yeah. Okay. To test uh, aviation security, which is most likely. And from the terrorist planning cycle, Jay can attest to this. There's a terrorist planning cycle on how terrorism, terrorist plan shooting or uh-huh. uh, terrorism, I should say. And once you understand how the cycle works, you understand where you fall when you encounter a terrorist. So this one would have been most likely uh, a dry run. Okay. Got Just it. like, by the way, 9-11 guys did nonstop before 9-11. They took multiple flights and did dry runs to find the timing, altitude, all the other fun stuff they needed to know before they committed the attack. Wow. That just blo- it blows me away to think of the determine. I guess I have no discipline in the world. Well, <laughs> so. you brought you brought it up. It's not the election cycle. It's not the month. It's not the quarter. It's the generations, like the patience, and yeah. that's where the Western civilization doesn't really appreciate what we're up against. The patience is crazy. I mean, when, when was the first uh, World Trade attack? Ninety three. Yep. Yep. Yeah. When was this? How long did they wait to do the second? Right, two thousand. Well, I mean, yeah, two thousand one. Jesus, eight years. Yeah, I mean, most I just assumed that was like a if, reflection of their inability to mobilize. No, it's, it's truly planning. Planning. Yeah, they, the planning was was impressive. I the mean, the classic, inshallah, God be willing. Right, they're Allah yeah. be willing. Right, the nothing happens unless the stars align for it, and they're willing to wait. Whereas if you don't, if you text That's somebody, not our style. no, yeah. you text no, somebody no. and they don't text you back within about five seconds. Yeah, like, they do hate they hate me? me? They hate me. <laughs> yeah, where are they? What of are course they, doing? they hate well, me. Absolutely. Our our instant gratification monkey can't wrap its head around. No. That kind of they dedication. say that's how we are with against China too. That that like China plays the very long much. game and we we absolutely do not. Huh. Very true. So, were you pretty much exclusively going after Arab terrorists? I, I mean, you know, in your mind. No, I mean, there's um, there were, we were going after an ideology, right? Yeah. Incompatible with Western civilization. That yeah. was that we're willing to kill as many people as we possibly can to fur- in the furtherance of our ideology. Whether they came from uh, Arab nations, whether they came from Sub-Saharan Africa, whether sure. they came from... Because uh, terrorism, it doesn't belong to a ethnic, social, economic status, right? Right. It doesn't belong to a border. It doesn't belong to anybody. It belongs to an ideology, which is even more dangerous. Because there's white kids from middle America that are part of this. Not no. whites. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so disappointed for a second. No, what, uh, are we safer now than we were, let's say, in 2007, I guess? Or, I mean, you know, is there more threats from that part of the world now or less? Like, I mean, because in my mind, not that we've won or it's over, you know, like at all. 
but it does feel like it's dissipated, I guess. Is that accurate or not? Part of it comes from the work that's coming across. Everybody from DOD side of the house, the military guys doing their work, to the FBI and the Joint Terrorism Task Force doing their side of the work, to all the other three-letter alphabet soup acronyms doing a ton of work. The problem is in the news, You only if it bleeds, it leads. So yeah. if nobody died, nobody will talk about it. They don't talk about the literally hundreds of terrorist attacks that are thwarted in our own country because of diligent work by a ton of people who actually yeah. put the bottle down at night and then wake up the next morning and keep doing the good work. What is the biggest attack that you know of that's been thwarted? Uh, man, there's been quite a few. I mean, there's been a couple cells on the East Coast that were multiple people that were trying to do a Mumbai-style attack. Uh, the there was machine guns on the hotel yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, uh, Mumbai-style multi-site where they hit one, then they go to the next, and then they go to the next. Kind of like a, a Paris 1, Paris yeah. 2, Charles Hebdo attack. Yeah. That would be a multi-site. San Bernardino, San yeah. Bernardino was supposed to be a multi-site. They got caught. Okay. Yeah, they were going to their next site. Yeah, it was a bunch of, a bunch of drug cops caught yep. them on yep. the road. Good yep. work. Really? But, yeah. But those are Why the layers. Why did they catch them? Do you know? Like, I mean, was they just... were looking for the car. They happened to be, okay. they, they called, as anything would happen of that scale, they called and said, if you see a car like this, please huh. tell us. And uh, from what I was told, they happened to be in the right area at the right time, got in a gun battle and killed some bad guys before they could go on. And maybe they never know what the next thing was. But. Right. How do you get onto a plane with a gun then? Like, well, I mean, so, or how about this? Uh, here, how many people know you're an air marshal on that plane? Well, we'll start with, you've, I've never said this anywhere before. It's an exclusive. That's good. That's good. Yep. <laughs> Breaking so, news. Do you ever watch a plane and you see all these people in jumpsuits and reflective vests working yeah. around the plane? Well, those are air marshals. What? So what happens is you walk up. <laughs> <laughs> The air marshals put your luggage on the plane. You're a Someone baggage shit claim guy. They're everywhere. He's just a fucking overconfident baggage claim guy. Climbing on the plane to the, the guy driving, millimeter He's the guy driving the cart and waving the pylons on hey, the tarmac. Hey, the key is hiding in plain sight. Then you crawl up the wheel well when no one's looking. I just wonder why those Do you have to wait till it takes it? off and then just grab the wheel? <laughs> grab the, uh, <laughs> Thousands of you everywhere. They're, Oh, I was at uh, I was having dr- drinks and dinner at a hotel. I travel still a lot, about fifty thousand okay. miles on yeah. the road, and I'm having a peaceful dinner at a hotel bar slash restaurant. And this drunk lady next to me. This is a hotel bar, and she's talking about how she can always spot air marshals, which I love that conversation. I'm like, okay, uh, well, what do they look like? Right. Oh, I can spot them a mile away. They. They always wear the same shoes, and they always wear the same blah, blah. I'm like, there's nothing worse than a confident idiot. Yeah. There really isn't. I don't know. I made a whole fucking career out of it. You've done all right. <laughs> what? So and I, I was absolutely going to ask you about that because I assume – so, I mean, even like how you choose your seat and all that stuff. And actually, so to the original question, how many people do know you're on the plane? Uh, congressionally mandated because this is – super secret slash public record uh the pic is the only one that's congressionally mandated to know who's he pilot in command okay really yep and there would be a notification system process blah blah blah. but that's 
that's it. And that's only if they pay attention. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then how about like choose... Okay, so if you're following some dude mm-hmm. and I assume they want... You know, do you have control over your seat somehow? Like, I mean, how do you... So you have to go back to I've said, headquarters. They ask I've, if anybody wants to upgrade to a window seat. <laughs> like, this guy. He holds his gun up. <laughs> Me. Yeah, and just tap yourself right like now. this guy. Uh, I've sat in every seat from the very front to the very back of the plane. Everything in between. Have you ever sat next to the person who you're... Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's was fucking it, awesome. That, was that going was, rogue or... Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever gone rogue? <laughs> he wasn't even on duty. Ask that for I, I just <laughs> show up on vacation. my off time. No, uh, never gone rogue. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had right, that question asked. Pierre, uh, rogue marshal. Uh, yeah, Pierre, the rogue marshal. Uh, going rogue. <laughs> no, but I've sat... I've sat next to some very interesting people. Yeah? Yeah. What's, is it hard to, try to look start at conversation with oh, you? No, if you're a terrorist and you hate literally everything about Western civilization and want to kill as many people as you possibly could yeah, or support that in some way, uh, you don't really want to talk to a whole lot of people. Right. So then I come on as the like, annoying passenger who's only traveled once in his life talking about TSA and how the screening's horrible. And <laughs> Do you really do that? Oh, yeah. Do you like characters? So, I was gonna believe it or not, in the air marshal training program, they actually bring in improv instructors. Shit. So part oh, of the wow. formal training is actually learning improv. Yes and. Yeah. Sure. Right? Absolutely. Because you have to convincingly believe that you are whoever you say you are. Absolutely. And yeah. then literally convince everybody around you so they won't even look at you. Uh, what was your number one go-to uh, uh, character? So... Uh, it depends. Right? Okay. The classic story. Because I can't use the same character if I went from uh, East Coast to LA or uh, Las Vegas as I would from um, one of the major hubs to like Nice, France. Okay. Totally different locations. So you have to tailor the message appropriately. But I did have a game. And the game on flights was I would sit down next to you. Mm-hmm. Let's say we, we sat yep. down. And I'd say, hey, where are you headed today? Yeah, I'm going to Nice. You're going to Nice? Yeah. I mean, good. I, yeah. I was worried this was the wrong flight. I'm going to Nice, too. All right, my name's Pierre. What's your name? I'm, I got, I'm Gabe. Gabe, yeah. nice to meet Have you. Have you ever heard my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. What oh, is it? Yeah, As I right. pick up my phone and yeah. figure out who Gabe is. Right, right. So, right? Gabe, well, that's a pretty cool podcast. How did you get into this? And I'm going to spend the entire flight from where we left to Nice, because that's where we're going. Yeah. I'm going to learn everything about you. I possibly can. And then I'm going to try to get a business card, if at all possible. Right? That's the okay. golden ticket. On my very next flight, I'd sit down next to you. Yeah. And, hey, where, where are you headed? We're, uh, we're going to Atlanta. Atlanta, Hotlanta. Hotlanta. The Freaknik Hot going to the Freaknik. Yeah. Freaknik's Black Spring Break. That's right. Sweet. What's your name? I get some booty. Uh, my name is Tevin. Tevin? Yep. I'm Gabe. Oh, you son Oh, nice job. Oh, I hope you're telling about the podcast. Awesome. Well, I, well would, I, I would. I would. Yeah, by I the end of it, I would hand off. And then, the, oh, you work at the podcast too? No way. Yes. True story. <laughs> the producer. <I've> <laughs> I work there too. Small well, world. So my goal would be to hand off, and then I would learn everything I could about you, wow. and then for my next flight, I would. Say, but, I mean, you can't really pass as a black guy. Well, they wouldn't know because uh, 
Should you be concentrating on the terrorists? Right. I was just saying, now is this just anyone career? you sit next to? <laughs> Can I just say for the record, I'd fucking hate sitting next to you on an airplane. Oh, my God. Yeah. You'd be the that worst. That is the most annoying person in the history. I'd be like, you must be an air marshal. <laughs> Are you an air marshal? <laughs> Not air marshal John. Uh, no. On go the Bose noise-canceling yep, exactly. headphones. Oh, we uh, also there would be times where I had the trick where I'd put the bows in and then it's going like into a pocket with nothing in it. Yeah. Oh, I've done that. I've done that on airplanes. <laughs> right. People to stop talking. Absolutely. There are probably all air marshals. I had this, this guy who was super freaked out, like like he was rubbing his legs and like sweating. And he's like, and he looked over and he's like, I've never flown before. I was like really nervous. And then Air Marshal. You think so? No, I have no idea. Honestly, see, I, honestly, I was second guessing it. I was all happy because I, I looked like I freaked him out because I uh, said, hey, what's the worst that could happen? So, <laughs> so, side note, how many people clap in your experience after Oh my God. It would, the landing? Yeah, Are like after talking? it lands oh. and everybody claps, like number one pet peeve. So, you get done, this, let's, theoretically, put yourself in the situation when you've been flying straight for six days. Like, yeah. 14 hour days of transatlantic bouncing back and forth back and forth just miserable and then you yeah. land in where you don't even care where you're landing and people start clapping you're like what did you expect i mean yeah. you booked the flight and what did you expect to happen during all of this yeah so it got to the point if people didn't clap then the air marshals and i would start clapping <laughs> <laughs> do you stay in nice hotels uh it really depends uh so there'd be times and i still have photos somewhere of hotels in sub sub-saharan africa which is really nice this time of year uh where there's literally like bugs covering everything and blood dried blood on coffee tables and really nice hotels what what so were you nice. single during this or are you married or single single Thank okay I, honestly truth be told i have no idea how the guys with like kids did that because i no like no bullshit when i'd wake up i'd wake up in places and i have no idea where i am like no righteously no idea what country i'm in yeah where i would have to take the uh, little bifold from the hotel yeah and put it next to the bed and the alarm and all my cell phones to say oh i'm in this, this country you're yeah you're single Was, is there ever the stereotypical i've had one flight in my life where like a hot chick where who you're staring at and then she ends up getting in line behind me and then making conversations sat next to me. And it was like one of the most exciting plane rides of my life. Like my heart's just pounding, just like talking, you know, like nothing happened. And nothing yeah. happened. She got up and left at the end. But it was very exciting. There was a lot of flirtation. Did you ever get? So the craziest aspect of that, I didn't see her in the terminal. I, I physically saw her, but there was no contact in the terminal. And sit down, and she's seated right across from me, mm -hmm. right? And this is the time when Fifty Shades of Grey was, like, all the rave. Everybody, still is. Well, yeah, still is. <laughs> but uh, everybody, women on flights, it was nonstop. Yeah, I mean, every book that you saw, there's a 90% yeah. chance if a woman was holding it, it was Fifty Shades. So she's sitting down next to me, and we're going across the Atlantic. She's, I'm looking, and the women all do the same thing. They fold the cover yeah. behind yeah so they don't people don't know what it is and she's sitting there with a blanket over herself and it is she's too too enthusiastic about the book what kind of rating can we give her uh, looks wise way better than the last one you were talking about okay so she's sitting next to me 
And I look over. Uh, this is a red eye. So everybody on the plane is asleep outside of hopefully the pilots, which I don't know. But myself, this girl, one flight attendant in the forward galley. Every You look around the plane. All the lights are off. Everybody's racked out except for this girl, myself, uh, the other air marshals, obviously, and then the pilot and one flight attendant. So I look over, and at this point, I've got nothing to do, and just simply say, is that Fifty Shades? And immediately she starts blushing. I'm like, yeah, clearly that is. Yeah. Yeah, right. We're really good on behavioral detection, surprisingly. Okay. Uh, so she starts thumbing through the book. She's like, yeah, I'm not really finding what I like. Not finding what I like. In the book. She's in the first couple chapters. I'm like, well, I literally fold the book in half, pick a middle chapter. I'm like, I'll try try further in the book. Uh Because my thought process was, I've never read it, but it would probably be like any other script where it starts getting more intense the further you get into the book. So she starts enjoying the book way more than I ever thought I would witness firsthand on a flight transatlantic. Like, let me interpret this. So she was yes, she's masturbating. Yes, and then you God interrupted willing. her masturbation. No, 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 no. Oh. She was. You created the environment which allowed. For yeah, it. I didn't. I didn't look at it that way. I was looking at it more like, I wonder if, and then I confirmed my suspicions. Right. Yeah. Based on my training and experience and behavioral. Had detection. you already checked off, or was? <laughs> when, did she, when did you? For the record, anything? zero times that that happened. You never even went into the bathroom to crack one off. No, kind of busy. Whole like terrorism and <laughs> turn some people on. Okay, I so <laughs> so much terrorism. Security, but how so many flights do you do where you just go? Yeah. You're just looking around. You're just the guy looking around all the time. Oh, yeah. Everybody's asleep, and then you're looking at a completely dark aircraft, and nobody's awake. Uh, that's a lot of fun for the next 12 hours. Did you ever fall asleep on a plane? Uh, I I did. I, in all honesty, some air marshals will say... You said it was say, part of your character? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm in Narcolepsy. I'm a sleepy traveler. So, hey, I used to have a horrible, horrible uh, Red Bull addiction. Like, bad. I'd bring a case of Red Bull. Yeah, I did heroin, dude. Yeah. <laughs> tomato, well, tomato. But anyway. Tomato. Yeah. Well, when you're carrying a gun yeah. for the feds, heroin's not really an option. I would have a gun. <laughs> Red money. Bull's probably anyway. better. Uh, no BS fell, fell asleep. Drinking mid-drink in a drinking Red Bull on a flight. Wake up, can hits a uh, floor, spills everywhere. And I'm like, wow, I'm tired. <laughs> It's, I mean, okay, so we did the scariest terrorist, scariest, whatever. Scariest terrorist? Scariest terrorist, scariest non-terrorist. Mm-hmm. What are we missing? I feel like we're missing something. Or something well, of the, how about the and, people who Oh, and I was going to say, well, I have a, like, what's the hierarchy of, like, air marshals compared to whether it's FBI, CIA, like, whoever else is doing research? Because, like, you got to get your intel from somewhere. Is it all other air marshals looking up terrorists, or is well, the... Oh yeah, I mean everybody. Like, what's a cross communication uh, like? Generally, it would be JTTF, Joint Terrorism Task Force, and mm-hmm. the Air Marshals would work closest, and then the National Targeting, what is that thing? Uh, targeting Center, where it has all the terrorists and they're following them, whoever they yeah. have. Um, that's pretty high up there. Uh, Secret Service would probably be on the lowest level of that. Mm-hmm. 
just because it's secret service. And what does your work ever? Does your work <laughs> so ever leave the plane? Like, so does you, like so? Your work always ends like. I guess you have a jurisdiction. Like once they're out the airport, you're like it's somebody. <laughs> it's like it's like somebody else's problem. Or I actually like, just turned it into a flight or attendant. It, so yeah. I'm like, hold this. I'm worried about it going off. <laughs> but like, yeah, like, or do you ever have to like go follow somebody out into the middle? Do you ever pull out your gun Arabia? on a plane? He did. That you claimed on a report. So, I'm kidding. So my jurisdiction. Would be the entire United States and well, their I, territories. I know, but I'm saying like you don't like. Are you? You're not like kicking down doors Sky in. Cop. <laughs> no, see the the problem is with a ton of the horrible TV shows and movies. Everybody thinks there's like one guy, like who is the one guy that does everything who can call up, <laughs> call up and have a like a Learjet on the runway right, and then that's what I'm saying. Fl- fly. Mm. There's literally no one. So. I would just for fun. Mm-hmm. We had a mission operations center, a mock, just to fuck with them. I would literally call up in a terminal at, let's say, uh, Fort Lauderdale. I'm saying, and uh, amp up my heart rate, amp up my uh, speech pattern. Be like, blah blah blah. Give so they know it's me. Uh, give some information so they know it's me, and be like, I'm following somebody. I need the schematics for building something straight out of 24. Yeah, right? I need the schematics and the blueprints right upload it to my phone now also i need a helicopter on the roof and just this absurd list of things that you want and just hear the line go dead like they didn't fire you after that no no. (laughs) turns out they don't find many people who want to do this work (laughs) it's hard to fire somebody terrorist and then you start laughing and you you do it generally when you know somebody's working the mock they got a good sense of humor Yeah. yeah And there's this one guy specifically that uh, I would do this on. And he's like, honestly, I didn't know who to call. Or <laughs> he's like, I don't know no how to up- call for this. <laughs> he's like, I don't know how to upload stuff to your phone. He's like, I can send you an What's email. Your can I send you a text message? <laughs> he's like, I can text you. I can email you. And the whole helicopter thing, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Such but, an asshole. <laughs> what is your so so after doing all that? What is your biggest fear? Uh, you know, like, I, I don't know, like, what keeps you awake at night now? Like, what what's going to happen to us someday that's inevitable? You don't... Uh, the, and it doesn't even keep me awake. The, the laptop bomb thing? No, that Somalia, that, if that happens, here's... I'm a rational optimist. Okay. So there's uh, 330 million people in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. You take a laptop, put a bomb in it, how many are you going to possibly kill? I mean, sure. this is going to sound brutally harsh. Right, but like but, 300 max... Maybe Probably, if you're right. good, yeah. Um, no matter what happens, there's no, there's only a couple powers on the planet that could completely destroy our country, flat out. Russia, Russia and China, right? Yeah, really, I mean, China again? Oh yeah, I, yeah, sure. I didn't think they had the capability to get their shit to us. Yeah, they have delivery systems. They do. Yep. I heard and that sheer the satellite numbers. War. Okay, yeah. Sheer, sheer numbers, numbers also helps, but yeah, but um, one of me is like a hundred of them. I've heard and that. If they can, and if they kill you, you're more powerful than you are alive. So that's, <laughs> your memory lives forever. You'll drop inspire millions. Of the power of a toilet plunger. I'll fucking take out, I don't know, three, four hundred. Okay. So when you're on a plane and you're like, so you have 
whoever sends you the intel, you have the intel of this guy might bomb Can you make country. a sound for that? Like, intel. Like, oh, that's good. No, that's and good. And you sit with your little mini saddle right. on your lap that circles yeah. around. You're like, so you are say, you an air marshal? No. no. So you say, we got we to gotta follow this guy in. So if you're whatever the process is, you baggage claim, you're coming in, get on the plane. In the reflective vest. In the reflective vest, yep, you shirt down. What's what's the biggest set of tits you've ever had to follow? Biggest biggest set you've ever seen in an airplane. Like out out to here? Yeah, like what's the biggest pair of tits that you sat or here? Yeah. Oh, sat next to or had to follow? Just on the airplane. Biggest in the air. In the the air. Biggest tits. Well, at altitude they get bigger. Okay. Oh oh, God, speaking my language. Uh, there's some people with some, I would say, South American questionable doctor experiences mm-hmm. that you wonder how they, I mean, they, they weren't the best, but they were, they were enthusiastic. Who's the most annoying <laughs> passenger that you sat next to? Is the one that sticks out? Oh, who is that? Uh, who's that? Douchebag who took the award away from uh, somebody. At a, it was in first class. He Taylor Swift was getting awarded. Oh, Kanye? Kanye. Kanye. Hold the phone. You sat next to Kanye West. Yeah, we would sit next to celebrities often. What? What? Yeah, he's a complete. Good. Now, now I know how to promote this episode. Right. <laughs> complete. The guy that took Kanye's down Kanye tits. West on a plane. He was a complete what? Clown. Clown. Yeah. How so? Well, he's uh, psycho now. Well, uh, he's got schizophrenia. He's a bit, <laughs> a bit out there. Uh, anybody that pompous and self-absorbed with themselves when they've really only accomplished music, which good good work on you, but yeah. you're, uh, I don't know. I I don't I don't put that much value. Yeah, they're not in, podcasters. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Thank you. That was a high five. But that was a high five. Yeah, you missed it. He slapped. But dance. um, no, the, the ego. <laughs> so technically, a low five. <laughs> yeah. The ego is out of proportion Hello to his, uh, his value to society. Is is he the only celebrity you've say? dealt with? No. No, hang on. What well, did he say? Like, no, just being self, self-absorbed. How so? Looking uh, in the mirror the whole flight or what? Uh, that or tweeting selfies or sending selfies the entire time because now they have Wi-Fi. Did he so talk to you at all? Uh, a little bit. And it was... He was more trying to figure out if I recognized who he was. Than, really? Yeah, yeah, you felt like he was trolling. Yep. And yeah. you're like... Mm. No, and Kanye, I saw an interview after like one of his albums went like triple platinum, and the guy interviewing him was like congratulating him on all his shit, and he goes, "I just really feel like I'm the most underrated artist oh, in the history Jesus of music." Christ. And I was like, "That's how I feel about comedy." Yeah. So now there's two people I don't want to be on next to an airplane: <laughs> yeah. it's Pierre and yeah. Kanye West, because yeah. they would irritate the shit out of me. Right. For eight what other hours. celebrities? A uh, couple high net worth guys. Uh, the guy who founded eBay, Jeff uh, Bezos. No, no. Uh, Wilson, Mike Wilson, yeah. Oracle, Mike and, Wilson. Yeah, it sounds okay. fake. Yeah, it uh, head of Google, he's a volleyball. Head of Google, Eric Schmidt. Eric Schmidt, former. I don't think he's. Oh, he, he has his own army. He's gonna fucking kill us. Yeah, well, for real. If you have that much money, why you not? have a fucking AI that you need a need a strobe light to see the fucking things come at us. It's over. Yeah, game it's over. fucking over. It, uh, it's over now. <laughs> Jane Karkowski from Thirty Rock. Jenna Maroney. Yes. She played. She's actually really attractive. I thought she would be. Uh, you are a fucking pig. Yeah, misogynist. 
Wow. I respect. I respect her for her work. And you? No, it's she's misogynist. Ho- but but hang on. As, as a misogynist. I thought you said misogynist. Oh yes, no, you, you're Mas- very good with your hands. You're a rather masseuse. You masseuse? <laughs> right. I'm not yeah. a masseuse. Why do they call him a masseuse? As you're rubbing her no. shoulders. Right. I'm gonna start no. telling that to my wife. I'm a huge misogynist. <laughs> <laughs> I rub your back. <laughs> <laughs> You're back all the time. No, as a comedian, uh-huh. one, she's hilarious. Yeah. So, but uh, there's always the question you look at, you never know on the screen in real life, obviously, where, where they roll. Um, really attractive. Uh, so did. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> she was pregnant at the time. So. Oh, oh, belly out to oh, here. Do it for belly me. out. <laughs> How about guest questions, David? Yep. Or listener so questions. So we in guess, guess. Yeah, I mean, just so we get his name out there, Justin Gengler. He asked about the Mile High Club. Um, anything with a flight attendant? What's the matter with me? I don't know what that means, but is he saying that's a gross question? Oh, okay. Uh, flight attendants? There, mm, no, no. Uh, uh, unless it's Emirates. Oh Emirates. yeah, smoking. Emirates Airlines. Hey, fly Emirates. By the way, official really? sponsor of. This podcast. podcast, yeah. What Emirates, is the uh, not, what is the worst country? To, so my wife asked this actually. What is the worst like hot spot to fly to? Uh, hot spot is, is dangerous? for dangerous. Honestly, I felt safer in downtown Tel Aviv than I did in downtown London. I've heard downtown Tel Aviv is ridiculously safe in a way, though. Like it's that a, they do, and of, it is one of the craziest party cities I've ever been to in my life. Really? Yep. Uh, if you live in the middle of a country where everybody around you wants you completely yeah. abolished off the face of the earth, surprisingly, you live life with a little bit of zeal. Yeah, that's right? how I feel in my house. <laughs> the island of zeal. Absolutely. Uh, I can strike out. No, if you've never yeah. been, Tel Aviv, awesome city to hang out in. Great food, awesome people, great beach. It's on the Mediterranean yeah. and amazing nightlife. Ever been to Lebanon? Beirut? Not as nice as Tel Lebanese, no. Oh. But thanks. Uh, What's well, a good uh, if if I can jump in there? What's the worst like the no shit like this is the worst goddamn place I've ever been sent for work? Uh honestly anything in Africa. I'm sorry. It's, the fuck is that supposed to mean? It, it's, Tevin, it's really calm it down. It's, I'm sorry. You, hang on, Tevin. Have you, not, have you not seen Black Panther? Wakanda is great this time of year. Uh like you go to uh Accra right? Mm-hmm. Ghana. Yeah. So I was sitting next to the UN ambassador to Ghana, right? Kind of a big deal. He was talking about how, how the corruption and everything else in Ghana, they'll never pull out of where they're at because of uh, one person will get in power talking about freedom, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll just, instead of putting in the best people for the job, they'll put their cousin in as like the oil minister. And then they're, huh. so. What does that sound like? Northern Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good call. Um, but Ghana, Africa, horrible. Dakar, Senegal, also not my favorite. Uh, I don't know what the fuck that is. Like, it, at all. <laughs> I've heard of Senegal, but it could be in a Macy's. <laughs> um, we got another Senegal aisle. <laughs> got another question from Inkering, which I don't even know what page this is from on facebook but anyway so fucking negative towards our listeners my god what's well, anchoring is who's na- who names their kid anchoring it's not a kid it's a business a, a business well they it's should the major sponsor. well i apologize to them anyway this is a multi-question one ever drink on the job ever drink with a pilot 
Ever drink with a pilot less than eight hours before a flight? Which, Can you suck your own dick? Which violates <laughs> the FAA regulations for the pilot. Uh, no, never drank on the job. Uh, it's just, that's so stupid. It's, right. Yeah. Uh, have you ever Why drank? Why is that so stu- It could be your character. Because he's... <laughs> You're undercover. Yeah, I, I shoot better when I'm, I'm drunk. I'm undercover. <laughs> but, right. but you He's never pulled your buzz. fucking gun out. Did you? No, you took a so, drink. Never, so you did once? Let's, well, let's answer these flight questions first. So, no, answer the fucking gun question first. <laughs> never drank with a... Uh, never drank on the job. Drank with Pilot only after we were on the ground. Okay. Which is kind of important. Because he knew that you were... Yeah, he... Yep, remember yeah. that thing I yep, talked yep, about the PIC. Um, so we'd build some good relationships with uh, captains and the flight crew because they're trained professionals and we could right. connect with them. Uh, and then what was the last one? Uh, it was always if you ever drank with a pilot, like essentially before eight hours before you flew. No, no. Again, lame. Lame. Did you ever feel like you were made? Anyway, like you know, oh, where you guaranteed. see stewardess one all of, the time or whatever. One, okay. one of my first flights, I was uh, flying from, we'll say, point A to point B. I I didn't know. Uh, the, a guy came up and his wife was sitting next to me. The old guy, just like deathbed old. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, is there any chance we could switch seats? I'm right here." He was a couple rows away, and I want to sit next to my wife. And I just stared at him. I'm like. I don't know if I can switch seats. The answer is you totally can. Right. So, uh, and then he just looked at me. He's like, I understand. I understand. And walked back. I'm like, I, that guy absolutely right. knows I'm an air marshal or somebody. Right. right. Guaran- guaranteed. And then those that other one I talked about, they everybody on the plane knew. Or anytime we made an arrest. Everyone uh, on the plane knew? Oh, because of the, the guys. Yeah. Right, yeah, right, yeah right. the other one. Or anytime okay. you made an arrest, obviously everybody figured that out pretty quick. Did uh, did you dress differently all the time? Or yeah, you... depending on the flight. So if I went from uh, Nice, right, yep. I would find out what's appropriate on that flight, and then I'd wear something similar to what everyone else is wearing. But I use the analogy, have you ever flown to Las Vegas? Yes. Okay. Many, if you many go... times. <laughs> what a shit show that flight is. So if, yeah, well, is. Yeah, hear me it out. It really is. If awesome. you go from here to Vegas, LAS, right? What's the uh, what's the mood and attire on that one? It's a fucking party I think dress there's up, boobs like, literally yeah. out the entire oh, yeah. flight. Oh, now, yeah. if you go from Las Vegas to MSP, what's the vibe or culture? Some dude will say. You have to, and that's different routes, even between point A and point B, mm-hmm. will have a different different culture. You have to dress appropriately for that culture. So we would do that. Now, like Middle Eastern flights, if I'm the only guy who's not Middle Eastern flying to a Middle Eastern country while the U.S. is invading somewhere, I would just dress as a contractor because that made way more sense. Yeah, than yeah. put on like a burqa. <laughs> so undercover. It's a bearded white man at about 225 of solid muscle. <laughs> but That's my a burka. really big girl. It's got that covered. <laughs> what... Um, I don't know. Tevin, are, are there more listener questions? I feel like I'm uh, missing there's, there's one more. Um, Justin Dix. Well, hundreds more, but there's well, one more you're going to add. One more that we'll get in this thread of thousands. Right. Um, could, you're getting it. Could get land Richard. What? What the fuck is he saying? You read that? You just told me not to make fun of our listeners, so I read the question. Well, that guy's Houston a fucking retard. Justin Dux 
says could get well, land rich. Okay. Yeah. And I just want to point out that Joey Pamate, no question this week. I'm a little disappointed. That hurts. Oh. Could you land an airplane yes. if the pilots were dead? Wait, could you actually? Yeah. That's a good fucking question, Jay. You waited the whole goddamn thank podcast to ask. Thank you. <laughs> I've just been so, laughing in the background the whole so time. You have to log a, like, thank you. Are you. Are you a certified pilot? Do you have your wings? Uh, no, I am a certified skydiver. So you're, all air marshals are given a parachute just in case everything goes shit to like yeah. south. Yeah, you to save out. yourself. Yeah, save I'm yourself. Kidding. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. <laughs> you guys are on uh, your own. You're like, uh, that was a that would be a trick we'd play with new guys that came in. You're like, hey, make sure you get your issued parachute. <laughs> oh, what a great episode! Huh? I told you. No. Um, <laughs> No, it's a. I love that episode. I listened along with you the whole time. Um, let's see, so much stuff to look for the Patreon again. God damn it, we appreciate it. I'll tell you who else I appreciate. The person who gave their name. The <laughs> I'm pointing a knife at you, Tevin, to say yeah, the name you're of about the, Jeremy and Vanji. Jeremy and Vanji. Is that two people? It's well, yeah, it's two separate people. Donate Jeremy to our Patreon and Vanjie. and Vanji. So it's Jeremy was one. Jeremy, what's his last name? It doesn't give a last name. I'm going to give him some dap. It doesn't give a last name. Just Je- He knows who he is. Jeremy. I don't know who the fuck he is. But Jeremy, we got much love for you, playa. And Vanjie Johnson. That's- Vanjie Johnson. Uh, Vanjie, I don't care for you as much if you want to. No, I love you, Vanjie. <laughs> I like your name. It's, uh, I don't know, smell... <laughs> I don't know. It's a strange name, I got to say, but I love you. I bet you're hot. I bet uh, I'm going to put her on a D cup. D cup? Can I sexually harass someone I've never met? Yeah, and is it safe to sexually harass people that are giving us money? If they're signing up for a Patreon first day, they're asking for it. Can we make that a thing? If you sign up for Patreon, we'll sexually harass you over the airwaves? I'd, I'd fucking sexually harass them for free. I'm actually opening a whole line <laughs> of sexual harassment bars because of the Me Too movement's really driven and underground. Uh, it's like strip clubs where you get to go in and tell a chick, uh, whatever, you like your blouse. <laughs> so anyway, we love you. Keep sharing it. Tell me which ones you hate. And uh, thanks, Playa, from the ultimate gamesman game. Mode.